Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome, everybody. I'm going to get right to it here. First of all, I've got some audio I want to play a little bit later. Uh, a quick follow-up on a, on a previous education story that I mentioned earlier, I believe last week, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I've also written another Substack article on the American Classroom that's titled The Nightmare of Disney's Imagination Campus, Influencing American K-12 Employees with the Disney Philosophy. And I dive into just very briefly again what the Disney Imagination Campus is. Um, it's remarkably nefarious, as, as you might expect. A lot of project-based learning, a lot of STEM stuff, a lot of... Uh, Let's just talk about what we want to learn and let's keep people indoctrinated as much as we can in the Disney lie and the fake science and the fake history and all of it. Um, there's a lot of money changing hands when it comes to this kind of stuff, but I basically highlight their own words, their own philosophy, and then I just cut right to the quick as to what it really is about. And it's basically a giant waste of time, a waste of money and just another indoctrination program. The thing to keep in mind, too, as I state in the article, is that there are American K-12 superintendents, school board principal, or school, well, I would assume school board members, too, um, but certainly K-12 principals, assistant principals, and even teachers that have been through these training programs, quote-unquote, whether it's their leadership and innovation training or it's their performing arts or arts and humanities or science and technology. And again, it's just a giant indoctrination camp filled with the most ridiculous and vague and leftist uh, education jargon that you can possibly imagine. So bounce over to the American Classroom Substack if you're interested in taking a look at that and, and feel free and share it wherever you'd like. Here's a follow-up though from a previous story that I brought up regarding the Westchester School Board in Pennsylvania, where the judge removed all five of the school board members because they were still imposing mask mandates, even though the state has ruled them to be unconstitutional, the, the wearing of masks, apparently, or mandating them on children, at the very least. Uh, apparently, the judge has now reversed their decision because it would create chaos within the school district by not having any school board members. You see, here's the thing with this. Any chaos that would be created would be an illusion. You, there's nothing wrong with having a snap election. That could be done. You could have Local individuals take the, uh, take the place of, of school board members with relative ease, even if that means that they just do whatever they have to do to keep things moving, to keep things going. Uh, what they would ultimately find, however, is that school board members don't need to exist. They just don't. It is government. It is a bureaucracy. And, and they don't need to exist. So what they'll find is, is that by not having school board members, things will still operate just fine. Students will hopefully still be taught. Teachers will hopefully still do their jobs. But again, the entire position of a school board member is, is an empty uniform. It's completely empty. And they'll do just fine without them. Unfortunately, they've been reinstated because of this alleged chaos that might be created because I, I don't know if they don't have enough people to um, replace them immediately. 
but the judge did say that they are moving forward with the case surrounding the allegations outlined in the anti-mask mandate petition. So that's a good thing because they broke the law, and they have to be held accountable for that at some point. So again, I, I don't understand the business of reinstating them really. Uh, yeah, I, I would be rambling on more and repeating myself if I said anything more about it. It, it just seems ridiculous, but it, it really sets a bad example, I think, too. Just ma- making a, a particular court ruling, and then all of a the sudden, they're allowed to just waltz back in. You know, if there's any kind of an election, a legitimate election, these individuals can't possibly win. I mean, you could throw up a three-legged dog with a heart condition or any medical condition whatsoever, and the three-legged dog would win. That really, again, is how useless the position is. So anyway, with all of that said, here's the next thing. This comes from granitegrock.com, and it's titled, Biden's Department of Education to Release Title IX Rule Change That Will Destroy Girls and Women's Sports. It says, Title IX was created so that no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education, program, or activity receiving federal financial assistance. It says the following here. It says, quote, sex would no longer be defined in the rulemaking as a physical characteristic. It would become an emotional state like feeling sad or happy. And who is involved in this? You guessed it, the Education Secretary, Miguel Cardona. He said last June that Title IX protected trans students and that the Office for Civil Rights would fully enforce this interpretation in education programs and activities that receive federal financial assistance from the department. Of course, the Leah Thomas story is proof as to why this bad idea is not just for biological girls and women. If a B or C team male athlete wants competition glory and all of the fanfare the left can heap upon them, then all they need to do is say that they are a girl. That's it. And it continues on and on and on. I can't possibly imagine that this is constitutional under any circumstance whatsoever. But again, it's continuing to show, which I've, you know, I've said that I'm not going to continuously harp on this because it's just so out in the open, but the perverse nature of the entire apparatus here. All government, all of these institutions. Again, the light is on and the pedophile moths are flying right toward the flame and we can see them all. They're saying it's about human rights. It's not. It's about normalizing perversion. That's the, that's the, entire, that's the entire point. That's the entire purpose. And we have to keep in mind, again, that the people pushing this are perverse. That's what they are. They can call it human rights. They can say it's, you know, love is love. They can use all those taglines they want. That's fine. Keep saying it because we're going to keep calling you pedophiles. We're going to keep calling you pedophile enablers. That's just going to happen. That's going to keep happening. There's nothing that you can do to stop that. And again, even though this is something that's been going on for quite some time within school board meetings all across the nation, it's just going to continue to ramp up. The worse that their agenda becomes in the public eye, the louder the public is going to get. This is how blind these people are. Again, they claim that they don't want the chaos, and and by they, again, I mean school board members. They don't want the chaos. They think that uh, we're going to be violent and this, that, and the other. No. 
We don't have to use violence. All people have to do is take their children out of these environments permanently. But everybody has a different breaking point. And everybody's starting to figure out what that breaking point is. And that's, that's going to be worth it in the long run, I think. I'm fine with not everybody waking up at the same time. But as long as people wake up, that's really what's going to matter uh, in this entire war that we are experiencing right now. And again, it is a war, and we need to keep that in mind. Uh, here's the next thing, and I want to rant about this just briefly here for a while. And, and now, of course, I'm talking about the jabs because, I've, again, I've got some audio that I want to play a little bit later here that's remarkably important and certainly thought-provoking. You've heard me with regularity on this podcast talk about how viruses are not real, how they do not exist, that that is a made-up name that has been injected into our vernacular as a culture and as a world. And how virology itself, in fact, has been disproven and was disproven well over 100 plus years ago, 120 plus, uh, give or take. The problem, of course, is that those doctors were silenced, their work was completely destroyed, and the Rockefellers and Carnegies took over the entire medical profession. Because again, you have to tell people stories in order for them to believe them. And you have to perpetuate those stories from generation to generation in order to trick people. What that also does, which is a larger point, is it sucks out individual thought and any sense of, of critical thinking that can possibly take place, let alone just thinking. So with all of that said, I've looked at everything that people are talking about regarding the jabs and what's going on and this, that, and the other. And I fully understand that there are people that are continuously taking them. They're completely brainwashed. There really isn't anything that we can do for them. But I'm looking at the other end of the spectrum here and trying to do whatever we can to, again, stay as far ahead of the curve as humanly possible. The one subject, I think, beyond the audio that you're going to hear a little bit later with Dr. Artis and, and Stu Peters, is we aren't talking enough about how these jabs are sexually transmitted and that this poison is sexually transmitted. Now, again, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I was talking about this a year ago. I was bringing this up a year ago. I wrote it. I wrote about it in in my last book very briefly, but I put it in there uh, in the the book titled "The Unmasking of American Schools." It's in that book, albeit brief, but it's certainly in there. And I started again writing that in January of last year. This is not being talked about, and this is a massive problem, because again, what we're talking about is sexually transmitted infertility, and sexually transmitted illness. And people, again, aren't bringing this up. They're not even, they apparently aren't even considering it. They're saying that it's weakening people's immune systems. They're using spike protein this, spike protein that, but they're not making the connections. So allow me to make the connections that I made well over a year ago to, to bring us back into this conversation so that hopefully this can happen again. Because again, it was one year ago, I believe in May, if I'm not mistaken, where I had Dr. Angie Farella from America's Frontline Doctors on the podcast, and we had a 45-minute-plus conversation. And I asked her point blank, last May, 
I said, so we're talking about HIV then, aren't we? I mean, we're talking about individuals having fully compromised immune systems and how this can be transmitted. And she was sort of at a loss for words. She, she didn't really know at that point, even though I knew and I was leading her up to what in fact HIV is, how it itself is a, is a biological weapon that is sexually transmitted and, and transmitted through contaminated blood and so on and so forth. We also know, by the way, that that's happening that jabbed blood is being given to the unjabbed and making the unjabbed sick and even die. But what I want to do here is I just want to go back in time briefly to my own formal education on HIV and what I learned about it when I was in college and then the teaching that I did about it, because I didn't even necessarily teach it properly, but there was 90% of it which was pretty crystal clear to me. First of all, there were all these theories as to where it came from. The fact is, is that I have arrived at the conclusion that it too was a biological weapon that was purposely manufactured, injected into individuals, and then those individuals would unwillingly spread it to other individuals, again, via blood transfusions, uh, needle exchange, or sexual contact, vaginally, anally, whatever it may be. All of that is all of that is true now. That that's undeniable. Not to mention, we don't hear much of HIV anymore until, of course, all of this rollout. Now, now there's the commercials for HIV tests, and it's on the sides of buses. You know, don't forget to do, get tested for HIV, and this, that, and the other. The moment that I heard the word spike protein. My, my, my brain immediately went to HIV, immediately. And I heard spike proteins, an increase in spike proteins, again, last January, a year ago. And that's immediately when I thought, okay, HIV is a poison that increases the production of spike proteins in the human body, all over the human body, I might add, just like these shots have been proven to do. The shots themselves, as we now know, also contain spike proteins. So you're injecting yourself with theoretical HIV that is in fact ramping up your own immune system and your own immune response to an unhealthy level, which as we know, is immediately killing people who take it. And then the very concept of poison is that it can kill a person the second they take it, seconds after they take it, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and even years after they take it. Also true with HIV. HIV, when an individual becomes infected, typically won't know it. They can get sick within weeks, months, or even years after the fact, and then, of course, all of the secondary illnesses that come about as a result of having HIV. Again, I'm not a medical doctor. What I'm doing is, is I'm telling you about my formal education on HIV. And if you don't believe me or any of this, again, you can look it up yourself because this is accurate. Again, once I heard spike protein, I immediately th I just immediately thought to myself, okay, wait a minute, this is HIV. So if they're injecting HIV, or at the very least, a poison is being injected into people, 
that is tricking their body into behaving as if it has HIV. Keeping in mind, of course, that even HIV manipulates an individual's RNA and DNA and will hide out in their RNA and DNA, again, for weeks, months, years, before ultimately sort of coming to the surface and starting to show itself as, a, as, as um, an individual having signs and symptoms. Again, respiratory problems that won't go away, skin lesions, a number of things. But what, what makes this, I would say, what makes these shots particularly unique is the immediate reaction that it has, where it will stop a person's heart. Uh, an individual who is infected with HIV, that, that won't be the case necessarily, which is why, again, this is, a, this is more of a synthesized poison than, than I, I would call it your run-of-the-mill HIV. It, it's clearly far worse. The element that, again, is not being discussed is the sexual transmission of this. Now, I personally know individuals who are couples where one has been jabbed and the other has not been. And the one who has not been jabbed is ill and has gotten ill from, again, the shedding, being around the person, but also, of course, sexual contact. This is, this is a thing. This is happening, by the way, everywhere. It has to be happening everywhere. A person needs to consider that when, when it comes to these jabs. If you hear of one scenario, a singular scenario regarding any of this, then it's happening everywhere else, too. It has to be. So, I, again, I, you know, the problem that I have in the, the temple rubbing uh, issue here is that you see all of these quote-unquote medical doctors with their white lab coats and and, and these are the individuals that are claiming to be at the forefront of, of truth and what's going on. The Malones, the McCulloughs, the, I mean, I, I could run down the list, all of them. They're not saying what I'm saying here on this podcast. I'm not hearing them say it. I'm not hearing them say, this is sexually transmitted. I've heard Zev Zelenko say it, Dr. Zelenko. I've heard him say more specifically regarding the HIV AIDS related illnesses by having a compromised immune system. They have to start wrapping their minds around the fact that this is sexually transmitted too. Because it just is. Spike proteins travel in all of the avenues of which I have just previously mentioned. It, of course, is also transmitted through breast milk. And the breast milk, as I've brought up on this podcast, is poisonous. And I've played the audio clips from other individuals who know that this is the case. Dr. Carrie Made, her colleagues, Dr. Jane Ruby, etc., etc. These people, again, are at the forefront. So for me, it's about finding those individuals that are at the forefront of a, of a well, these particular subjects, frankly, and then honing in on what it is that they're discussing and then doing my best to bring that to you. So I would love to see these individuals because, you know, damn it, they've had their opportunity, have they not? They've had their opportunities. They've had their opportunities to, to say this to Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson. They've had their opportunities to say this on stage. They've had their opportunities because people are throwing money and time at them and flying them around the country to speak at this conference and that conference. Now, it's possible because I'm only one person. 
that I've missed an audio clip where they have said this is this is sexually transmitted, that these jabs are sexually transmitted. Nothing stands out to me in my mind that they've actually openly said this with any sense of regularity whatsoever. I've been saying it again for a month. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying, where are these people? Where are they? Again, I've seen the video and 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 the the uh, protests, we'll call them certainly, in Australia, where women are walking around with signs that say, I've even shown the memes on my war videos on BitChute, you know, women walking around with signs that say, we want uh, unjabbed sperm and unvaxxed sperm. We're looking for the unjabbed to reproduce with. Why would they be saying that? Why is it that they're holding up those signs and saying that in these rallies? Well, I know why, and they know why. So if I know it and they know it, then that has to mean that there are medical doctors with MD after their name who also know that this is the case. Again, anytime you hear spike protein, you should think to yourself, transmitted the same way that sexually transmitted diseases, in particular HIV, are transmitted. This, all of the same ways. Because again, these spike proteins are not limited to one body system. And that has been scientifically proven to be the case. You know, there was that old case of the 80-plus-year-old individual who, who, who died, had his body um, completely autopsied, and they found the spike proteins in every single part of his body, including his brain, passing the blood-brain barrier. So here's my point. If you know what I know to be true, I'm, I'm calling on people to just do this very basic thing. Slip, I mean, it's, it's not your average conversation, but <laughs> slip, it into, slip it into conversation that when you're talking about this, tell people it's sexually transmitted. Yes, the look on their face is going to be one of utter shock. But people aren't considering this. They just aren't. And it's going to cost people their health. And it's going to compromise their immune systems, and they're going to wonder why. So that's sort of my call to action here, if, if anybody was to have one right now. Because these people in white lab coats who are getting interviewed, who are on all of these big shows, and again, having a lot of tension sent their way and being flown over the country, you know, everywhere and speaking on stages. That's not something I want to do, and, I, and, and I, I've already done it. I mean, I already did it in the education business with multiple conference attendee, you know, attendance, speaking engagements. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm not interested in that. But people just have to do it at the ground level here, where, we, where, where I sit and where we all sit. This has to be brought up in general conversation now. This is sexually transmitted. Keep saying it. It's true. This is happening. And you think of the individuals who tend to be the most sexually promiscuous, ladies and gentlemen, that's the college environment. Unfortunately, that's the college environment. So who exists in, this, in the college environment? Jabbed people. Because to attend these universities and colleges in the United States and all over the world, you had to be jabbed. Even if you have 
jabbed individuals who are married with one another and engaging in a sexual relationship with one another, those individuals aren't making themselves healthier. They can't be. That would be impossible. They would have to be making themselves less healthy by engaging in a sexual union with one another or sexual activity with one another. They would just have to be, let alone if an individual has multiple partners and, again, is in an environment, demographically speaking, where they would have multiple partners. So let me mention this, too, because this is one of the reasons where you know you're over the target. I just recently watched a video. It was even played on, on Alex Jones' show, but, but I saw the, the full clip, and it was from the Jamaican government. And it was four individuals, at least two individuals who looked like or were acting like they were doctors. They were wearing the white lab coats, and they were all saying that the vaccine happens to help with sexual performance. They were actually saying this. They were saying that, again, if you, if you take the vaccine, then, then your sexual performance will increase and, and so on and so forth. And then one of the individuals said that uh, one of their friends, again, this is all scripted propaganda nonsense, but they said that one of their friends told them that their sexual performance was so great that they were going to go back and get another shot. And they claimed that they looked at them and said, no, that's not why you want to get it. But if anybody thinks that the shots cause impotence or uh, erectile dysfunction of any kind or uh, you know, no sexual function or no reproductive function, then that's completely untrue. Why would a government agency say the opposite of the facts? Because they're lying and they're a government agency and that's what they have to do. The proof is out there that the jabs directly impact your reproductive organs as well. I've been over that at length. No sense in going over that again. It just does. It makes people sterile. So again, again, anytime the government makes a claim or puts out a PSA, any government agency puts out a PSA saying that something is one way, chances are the exact opposite is true. And that is the case with this. So again, feel free and, and whisper it if you'd like. Shout it from the mountaintops. Here we are on the one year plus anniversary of me saying this. These shots are sexually transmitted. End of story. It has all of the properties of HIV. It's sexually transmitted. Now, here's some audio I want to play. First off, I'm going to play the clip here from the Stu Peters show, which is his Watch the Water interview slash documentary. He came out on Telegram a while back and he said, look, I've got this information. I can't release this, but don't drink the water. Don't drink the city water. Don't drink the tap water. Here's the implication, the overall implication that is made here. The implication is made is that SARS-CoV-2, quote unquote, what is referred to as COVID-19, that's not what any of that means as I've been over this podcast. COVID means Certificate of Vaccination Identification. It is, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's an ID label that is put over this entire movement to get people to say COVID, 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 COVID-19, COVID as much as humanly possible without them knowing what they're actually saying. 
it's basically, again, the great reset with vaccination identification. And if you don't have vaccination identification, then you can't do particular things like access money from the bank and so on and so forth. The implication here from deceased doctors, researchers here in the United States, and what Dr. Artis is saying or implying, and I'm sure once this documentary finally hits, hits the light, uh, it will be said outright, but that SARS-CoV-2 is snake venom from snakes that has been synthesized in a lab and then dumped into the water system. That's the implication. That SARS-CoV-2 is not transmitted. It's not an aerosol. I've told you that. I've been over that at length. Viruses do not exist. You'll even hear him say that. Thank God. Finally, more people are starting to say this. But that they're not aerosol. Therefore, the masks do nothing, never have, never will. And that this illness is orally ingested into people. And then, of course, it attacks particular body systems, in particular the lungs. Now, I'm not going to make this about me, but uh, it was last summer when I was in San Antonio, and I was feeling 100% fine, no cough, nothing. Went to San Antonio, drank the tap water for the whole week that I was there. Fort Worth, Texas, same thing, drank the tap water, but we were also drinking spring water as well, uh, bottled spring water constantly. But even so, drank the tap water, the, the mixed drinks that are, you know, the, the ice, all of it. All of that, of course, is made from tap water. Got back to Ohio one day later, coughing up a storm, and the coughing didn't stop for approximately three months. So there's that, and that's worth, that's worth noting. But I'm going to play the audio here. The first clip I'm going to play is from the Watch the Water teaser trailer, so to speak, and then the second clip I'm going to play is about five minutes long, and it's Dr. Artis himself talking more specifically about this. So here we go. So earlier this month, a lot of you may remember a post that I made on my Telegram channel. There was a lot of concern about the water and not to drink it, there were certain things that I could say and could not say. And I referenced that certain people's lives might be at risk. And one of those people is here with me now, Dr. Brian Artis. Thanks a lot for being here. This is actually going to be the only time I've ever been nervous in any interview. I'm not kidding. Like, I've never been nervous to discuss anything in relationship to the COVID pandemic whatsoever. But this has bothered me and has scared me. People have lost their lives over what you're about to tell the world. It all started with a text. The text read, Hey, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get anti-venom? I cannot believe the amount of evil behind this pandemic with what I've realized since then. If it's true, if it's true, that COVID could actually be... easiest way to figure that out is has that ever been fact-checked and i wanted to know was it ever in the media in china was there ever any mention that the source could have been a snake and oh my god i couldn't believe it 
then I find out that there's a there's an actual doctor who works at the University of Pittsburgh in May. This is, this is insane right here. And he's been researching for five months, sequencing of spike proteins, trying to solve the mystery of SARS-CoV-2 victims. And he says he's got a big thing to, big press release. They're going to actually announce all their findings. And Bing Lu is his name. Set back in the quest to understand coronavirus after a researcher is shot and killed. 37-year-old Bing Lu was on the verge of making significant findings on COVID-19. And then all of a sudden, the realization came that uh, this is the great lie. When I say that they have lied to you about everything in relationship to COVID, they've even lied about the viral part of COVID. Could you ever have imagined that the one greatest symbol of evil in all of Christendom. What is the symbol of evil in Christianity? This is a part of why I think my spirit is so moved to make sure this gets out. Is that uh, that God was telling me you can't give up and you have to tell the world. So again, if you want to watch that trailer, that's on the Stu Peters channel on Rumble. It's on my gab. It's all over the place. It's on his gab too. Uh, Feel free and check that out. Again, it's just the trailer right now. The entire interview hasn't been released. Here's the next clip I want to play. This is five minutes of Dr. Artis getting more specific into some of the details related to this. Here we go. Uh, all right, so Laura Louise says, what is the real cause of COVID? lack of smell symptoms, and how do you treat it? Um, you're actually going to learn what's causing it. Unfortunately, I can't tell you right now. It's next week. <laughs> but, uh, but the NIH already knows and has known for 20, 30 years that the poison they're using does it. And I just, uh, I, let's see, it says here, I hear that COVID does not exist, and I agree. But during the conversation with friends and relatives, I do not know how to answer the question. Why people are dying from COVID if there is no COVID. Also, my mom had COVID in January of 2022. She ended up in a hospital with very low oxygen that almost put her in risk for her life. So my question is, what happens to the body once you get the virus? What causes the cough and low oxygen if COVID does not exist? It'll be great to know this for the future. How to protect our loved ones so we can prevent a, the hospitalizations, which has no guarantee for surviving. Okay, so I'm going to speak on this. Um, I'm going to answer some of the things I will be revealing, but only because I've already touched on a couple of these. Uh, This is not a virus. COVID-19 never was a virus. Never, even for a second, was it ever a virus. (laughs) COVID-19 is a poison, and you're not breathing it in either. It's not something in the air that you're breathing uh, at all, which which is what makes the, there's a question down here by, Meridi that says, please confirm masks don't work. No, masks are ridiculous because this isn't even a, it's not in the air. It's not aerosolized at all. So no, you let that go. It's not. They're actually poisoning you in the water or in ice. They freeze the water. Water, they freeze, it turns to ice, even in your refrigerators. Uh, they're actually poisoning the water systems, directing directly targeting communities all around this country and around the world. Uh, they're targeting American uh, Native American reservations. 
which is the number one highest per capita dying race in America from COVID that no one's talking about. They're killing them on purpose. Uh, they're actually targeting highly dense Hispanic and black communities, Jewish communities like Zev Zelenko's community. I talked to him about that the other day. <laughs> the, they don't like Jews. I'm telling you, it's like a big eugenics program. And then uh, they're targeting LBGTQ communities and all those communities all over the place. And I've actually said for about six months that I believed it was they were doing it through the water and we're drinking this poison. And the symptoms it creates mimics and looks like a respiratory infection, but it's not. It has nothing to do with breathing it in. But when you look at the effects of this poison on an x-ray, it looks like the person's got pneumonia. But that's not what's happening. They actually are experiencing what's called alveolar. There's an alveoli or what absorb oxygen in your lungs. It's called alveoli hemorrhaging. And this poison causes that when you ingest it also. So anyway, this is how they're doing it. In fact, this is why y'all need to be ready for this. Uh, and I think this is one of the reasons why they want to take me out is because they know I'm the only one talking about this and a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm not talking about the other stuff yet. I just know I'm working on all of it, putting it together. But uh, they're poisoning you through the water and you're drinking it. Do not drink city water. The CDC right now, if you go to cdc.gov and go to their COVID data tracker site on their site, it has a tab on the left that's titled Wastewater Surveillance. The CDC has been doing stuff to our water systems at 400 sites in 37 cities since January of 2020, but they didn't tell anybody until September of 2020 that they were even doing it. And they've had 400 target sites this whole time. And just two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, the CDC's director, Walensky, just announced that because of a new COVID playbook that's come out per the Department of Health and Human Services secretary, he says there's a new COVID playbook right now that has outlined all the, all the next variants that are going to be coming out. And then asked the CDC to tell the world what they're going to be doing. And Walensky said, well, we're increasing our wastewater surveillance testing sites from 437 cities to 647. Now, they're, they're doing this in the water. So just be careful. Don't drink tap water. And uh, just don't do that. You can shower in it. Just don't drink it. Even though you absorb stuff through your skin, the poison is designed to be ingested. So I don't trust them at all for a second to be messing with our water. So I've been telling people just to make sure you're drinking reverse osmosis filter and just don't drink from your tap. And then don't drink the ice from your filter either in the, in the charcoal filter of your refrigerator. Uh, this is how they're targeting people, just so you know. So uh, is it really a virus? Nope. It's a poison. You're drinking it. Uh, is it a bioweapon? Yes. It's one of the historically most well-known bioweapon in all of history. Like, in antiquity, even. But uh, anyway, they figured out how to uh, synthesize that, put in your water, poison you. And uh, that's what they're doing. Snake venom, of course, is the implication. And the government has been poisoning the water system since the introduction of fluoride into the system, into, into our water supply since the mid-1900s. Again, this shouldn't necessarily shock people. I mean, it, it, it is shocking. But if you think about everything else that government has done, it, it shouldn't shock anyone. What, what is interesting about this, I think, too, is that if you look at the signs and symptoms associated with the jabs, does it not mimic snake venom? 
So is snake venom also, of course, inside of the jabs themselves? Because again, we're talking about serious neurological conditions, many of which, of course, impact the brain and cognitive ability. Does snake venom do that? Of course it does. If you've ever watched a dog or any kind of an animal be, be bitten by a snake and then experience those, those symptoms, neurological conditions, muscle shaking, heart attack, stroke, blood clotting, even vision and hearing loss. Vision and hearing loss are now being mentioned more and more with relation to the shots. Again, you heard him mention loss of smell, loss of taste. Well, there, there have been countless individuals whose hearing has been permanently damaged and vision has been permanently damaged from the shots. So again, would it shock anybody that synthesized snake venom has made its way into these shots and was purposefully put into these shots? No, it doesn't. Not if you look at the signs and symptoms and the ill effects as a result of all of this. So it'll be interesting to see if he mentions that and if he mentions anything related to the shots regarding all of this as well, in particular, again, the, the, the introduction of snake venom into the human body. This is awful. This is beyond awful. Again, and again, it's that meme that we've all seen where it says, hey, with every passing day, I don't regret not getting the jabs. With every passing day, I, I, I look smarter and smarter for not getting the jabs. But you know, herein lies the problem. Are the jabbed actually continuing to research what it is that they've injected into themselves? And we have to assume that the vast majority have not. We know that these school systems are still pushing these jabs. We know that these school systems are still doing whatever they can to make these quote-unquote vaccines mandatory. And just to shift gears slightly, this is again one of the things that the trucker convoy was seeking to bring attention to. And it has, although it's been squashed in many cases, but it's certainly been brought to the forefront among anybody who's paid attention. And the United States trucker convoy, again, is bringing attention or attempting to bring attention to the state of California with their proposed legislation, which is absolutely horrific. And I want to read through some of these measures here, which again is on the trucker convoy's website, and you can check it out for yourself. I also have uh, I also have it listed on my Gab account, but it says the following, and these are ten California bills that uh, they want people to oppose, and rightfully so, because the voting on these apparently happens in the next couple of weeks. They're listed as such. It's SB eight seven one, and it adds COVID nineteen injections to a list of immunizations for public private schools, regardless of FDA approval. The next one is AB two zero. 98, which classifies anti-COVID medical opinion as unprofessional conduct, quote-unquote, subject to discipline by the medical boards. There's SB 866, which lowers the age of vax consent to 12 without parental consent or knowledge. There's SB 920, which authorizes the medical board to inspect a doctor's office and medical records without patient's consent. There's SB 1464, which requires law enforcement to enforce public health guidelines or lose their funding. There's SB 1479, which requires schools to create long-term testing plans 
and report test results to CDPH, whatever that stands for, Public Health Department, I'm not sure. Um, County Health Department, if I had to take a guess. There's SB 1390, which prohibits any person, entity from making statements government deems untrue or misleading by any means, including on internet or ads. Well, that's unconstitutional, as these are all unconstitutional. I mean, at face value, that they're all laughable, but that's absurd. There's three more here. SB 1184, which authorizes school health professional or personnel, rather, to disclose child's medical info without parents' consent to a third party. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bolshevism without a doubt. Complete totalitarianism as well. This next one, second to last one, is AB1797, which creates an immunization tracking system giving all government agencies access to VAX records of all persons. And then finally, AB1993, which requires proof of COVID-19 VAX for all employees and independent contractors to work in California. They want everybody in the state jabbed. They want discipline and penalties and punishment for anybody who disagrees. That's totalitarianism. We've got to keep researching this stuff. We've got to stay at the forefront of this. It's the people who stay at the forefront of this. Are we going to get attacked? Of course. But we have to stay at the forefront so that we can bring this message to countless other people so that they can start to understand this isn't going away. Again, for those of us that have been in this war here for quite some time, it's not over. We still have to keep moving forward here. We still have to keep bringing this message to as many people as we possibly can. The war isn't over in Canada either. It's only getting worse in Canada too. The measures that, again, Trudeau wants to bring about, Chris Skye was on. Uh, Stu Peters just the other day talking about it. They want the full digital credit score thing, the the VAX passes, and they want all of those mandates uh, mandatory 100% of the time. In fact, I think that's tr- what Trudeau is running on politically. So again, not to mention the voter fraud, the illegal jailing of countless people, it's all overwhelming, but we just have to stay at the forefront of this because if we stay at the forefront, we're the ones that are going to survive because we're the ones that are going to have to fight back against this. The jabbed aren't going to make it. Some of them might, but if they're not staying ahead of, of, what's, of what's happening and they're not paying attention, they're not going to make it. So again, these school systems are taking themselves down. They're destroying their own lines of work. The universities are doing the exact same thing. They're all jabbed. They've pushed the jab on, count, on, on countless individuals. As I brought up earlier, it's sexually transmitted. And there you have it. So a lot going on. Friday's episode is episode 300. I've done 300 of these episodes. Don't let, uh, don't let the podcast the podcast platforms trick you. There were at least 84 plus episodes that were unceremoniously deleted right after the fake inauguration of Joe Biden. And uh, then I had to start over the podcast completely over from scratch. But uh, there are 84 some odd episodes bouncing around on some other platform somewhere. But uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, 300 episodes on, on Friday. So thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Share this where you can. And uh, God bless everybody and take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. 
Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.